Hi there. Thank you for listening to, watching, downloading, and subscribing to the Lean Into Artcast show where a couple of visual storytellers take, uh, what, 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 what's, actually, Rob, you know what? Happy anniversary. <laughs> uh, how about you? I, I have done the intro so many times now. I, I, I never pass it off to you. I want to break with tradition and actually uh, say, like, Rob, will you introduce the show, please? Absolutely, Jersey. Happy anniversary. Uh, yeah, we've done this 300 times now. And this thing is the Lean Into Art podcast. It's, it's a place where uh, we look at the process and the experience and lifestyle of visual storytelling. And we think really hard about it. We think about our recent experiences, past experiences. We have guests sometimes. And it's all this overall conversation and how we explore and try to uh, just get more out of this experience and how do we uh, discover stuff and, uh, and then share that, right? So it encourages this dialogue between us and this is our practice and then all of you because, uh, yeah, that's what this lean into art thing is. It's not this um, un- incurious, not gentle, uh, let's go for it with uh, grumpy gusto. Let's go for it with uh, happy gusto. And see what uh, let's let's see what happens. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to figure things out. Uh, we're going to have long, super weird improvised intros sometimes. And then, uh, <laughs> but it all relates. It really is. This is the kind of stuff we do, right? And um, yeah, we do this every week. How how you doing, Jersey? Well, just about every week. We'll talk about that, right? Yeah, yeah. We're we did three hundred we- episodes. It's been over eight years. How does that work? Going on nine years. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so in an, a very lean into arty way, we're we're going to, and actually, this this comes by way of of people who listen to the show, who we call leaners, um, showed up to, to the Discord and sort of gave us some feedback as to what kind of topics they'd like us to to explore for an anniversary episode, and one of which was like, well, what what, what how do you define what a leaner is? That was like sort of like a, a general sense of where a lot of people were going. Um, and I thought that's that's a fabulous idea for a topic because um, as somebody who does work with nonprofit organizations and advocacy groups, um, you can get bewildered by the minutia that you are volunteering your time to problem solve. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity to even small organizations like A2CAF is organized by a group called Kids Read Comics, which is essentially six people. Right. Um, and even in, you know, there's like, I think, uh, 42 tables at the show for, for like special guests. It's not like a, an enormous show, but it has its own kind of complexity. And so something that I like to do is have everybody say out loud every once in a while, just check in and say, what's our mission? What are we trying to accomplish here? Just so that we know we have a rubric for I'm trying to solve a problem. Well, is this a problem we need to solve, right? Does it do, like, and I was just having this conversation with some of the other organizers the other day where I was like, okay, here's the situation. Um, in solving this problem, do we either A, create a meaningful and rich experience between the uh, the public of Ann Arbor and the world of comics and cartooning and the people who make them, or B, does it celebrate comics and the people who make them? Does it do either of those things, right? If not, then let's evaluate whether or not we really want to invest any time into solving this particular problem. Right. Um, so that, that's how I like to think about like mission statement is like this thing that is 
it's a it's a sort of a principle that you go, come back to and you restate occasionally and you um well you do this rob it, it, it's it's a living document it's a living statement right and it's informed by the experience you have in trying to make things that accomplish what that mission is right i think that there's a lot of that's just a lot of utility so this when i hear this kind of thing i don't think i don't roll my eyes i don't go like oh can't we just be cool (laughs) no no we cannot be cool i am so square (laughs) and i i'm I'm walking right into it (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's it's right there with you man it's uh having an intention and whether or not like how much of it you knew ahead of time if you are involved in wanting to tune into that, you have the ability to use that as a tool to then create further outcomes, further action, to invite other people and to have, um, to have just, I guess, meaning and purpose and knowing where you're going with this stuff. So that's kind of what we're here to do with this episode is, is it's, a, it's a type of retrospective in a way which is something we've done at some of our big milestone episodes. We'll do it, you know, we do lots of reflecting also along the way in between because there's lots of reasons to do it. (laughs) And that, uh, you know, that's a recurring theme. It's, It's like, how do you get more out of your experience? Well, let's treat your experience like this, um, valuable, uh, resource that you can, examine and get something out of and then it's not like you're done and you don't just like examine it once and and you're forever all set and informed there's a, there's new actions and there's new insights and there, you can look back again and and find out something else so here we are hopefully trying to to do that kind of thing once again and uh, well and by the way I'm Rob Stenzinger one of the hosts oh my goodness <laughs> I, I, I purposely, you know, through that one, I was like, am I going to bring it back to introducing us? And with me is my co-host. Jersey Droz, cartoonist and teaching artist. Good to see yeah, everybody I didn't again. Even give, yeah, good to see everybody. And, you know, I didn't even give myself a title. So take that. Um, <laughs> this is an ongoing theme. Recent episode. Oh, the anniversary party the is already off the rails. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well then why not <laughs> all right 300 300 <laughs> okay um so we're in it now we're in the topic and uh so w- w- how do you want to start this first half okay um i think you did some really cool uh, reflection that will be a guideline for how we explore this where there's, there's themes that pop up and looking at, well, okay, we're, we're doing a podcast. What is this mechanism? It, it helps, um, it helps us practice. It helps us sort of celebrate, acknowledge certain things surrounding the, these, these topics we care a lot about and involve others and encourage others through this practice. And then, well, what is that, What exactly is it? What is it to, you know, to lean into art? Maybe there's patterns that we've, we've um, highlighted throughout the years. Um, and if you look at some of our big milestone episodes, like the first one, the 100th one, the, two, the 200th episode, all these, uh, we've, we've, we initially set forth with intentions and then we sort of look back multiple times. 
Um, and this is a this is sort of like a a catch all for all these as well. So let's let's do that exploration. Okay, and can I say just as like a quick little sort of um, behind the scenes thing? Um, one of the ways that I was able to achieve doing this reflection of like reviewing like three of our milestone episodes is Rob sent me transcriptions via otter.ai, which we talked about in the show before, I think. Yeah, I did. It's, um, it's really, it's interesting where sometimes I, <laughs> in doing my goal planning, uh, this year doing my reflection, looking back and all that and, and seeing some of my journals and stuff, I can I've had this desire for a tool with so much of my being to be able to take audio reflection and turn it into pretty good text, ideally mm -hmm. awesome text. And I have used transcription services before where, uh, you know, doing user experience design and research, if you're doing uh, interviews and you have permission to record and all that, uh, you know, good news, bad news, you can generate a lot of data. And then what do you do with that data? Well, you can get some transcription. And there's some really good services like um, like Rev.com, and that is sort of I think a hybrid of computer plus human, and mm. it's it's um, fairly inexpensive for what you would think it might cost to have a human transcribe. Yet it adds up. Where Rev.com still would be beyond our budget to mm. transcribe Lean Its Art, but then at some point, right around uh, August or, or or so, this service popped on my radar. Otter. AI, and I've been playing with it and dabbling and like you can get a free account get 600 minutes um, I think per month and that's pretty good unless you have like 800 podcasts you've done <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. some audiobooks in progress and 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 right and also re audio reflections like I have been someone who takes notes like we mentioned like this is I yeah I would crumple them in my, I've taken notes on receipts or 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 placemats and stuff, even as a teenager for working in fast food, I'd do that. But then uh, moving on, I was one of those folks who had the little um, micro cassette recorder, right? It's the wow. My, yeah, I would go, you know, note to self. Uh, I don't know, like pizza's great. And <laughs> um, so that's what the 11 year old me was doing with one of those uh like what was a portable cassette recorder in the early 80s remember that with like that slide out handle and uh oh yeah but yes that would have been the, a note to self back then but <laughs> <laughs> but but that's cool like but, so, so even in like I've the 90s i've wanted this forever yeah. yeah i mean i've wanted this forever because i've always had like this abundance of of audio notes and then anyway, so I'm I'm pretty happy with the service of Otter.ai. Well, I mean, I I'm, I'm not trying to do an ad for them, but like we were talking about this just before we started yeah. recording, I just wanted to show this because this is how I did the, the 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 reflection is like it does the transcription, but then like you Hi can. There. It is the Lean Into Artcast, the show it where a couple highlight of you highlight the text and starts play, playing it back to you. Storytelling topics about how to make things, why we make things, how we think about. So that was really useful to like capture. Um, or reflect on like what was the energy of that moment? What was the context of why we were saying this particular point of that? Because I just was skimming through the 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 um, transcripts and looking for things that words that jumped out at me as like yeah yeah that's something we talk about a lot or yeah that's something that is um it's well it's if, if the the language I would use with my students is like it's an emotion word it's a word that is is carrying a lot of feeling in it 
and it, and it has that is fantastic i mean that's yeah. okay so now if you're doing this as like field research you're, you're interviewing people and trying to discover like well what's it like doing this thing and you this related to whatever system or tool or thing you're designing and yeah having a having something like this that lets you um look for find themes things that stand out and also mm -hmm. the sentiment and whatnot all of a sudden yeah i mean you're getting you 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 have this mountain of unstructured data and that you can turn into structured data which is similar to this i research thing that we talked about a while back um uh grounded theory mm. and uh it's a way to let the the data you gather tell you a story and so anyway you're doing some research that was it was really helpful i'm glad the tool worked out um you know we'll see what happens as far as experimenting with transcripts in time um, yeah but uh, in the meantime, it's helping us out. Yeah, so we, I went back and, you know, breezed through episode one, the very first episode, which I was ready, I was ready to cringe at, but I was like, hey, actually, like, we, we were pretty thoughtful, like, right from, like, the, the moment the gates opened, we were like this. <laughs> maybe it's, like, a little bit... <laughs> I was born this way. Maybe. Well, I mean, like, I feel like there's a little I'm bit joking, more natural... Yeah. There's, there's more natural flow, and there's, like, a little bit more mastery of the conversation that we've developed, having done this 300 times now, more than that, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but, but at the same time, like, some of the, like, the, the, the core principles were there from the start. And um, one of the things that jumped out to me right away was, is like the whole episode is, what was it, like great teachers make great students. And the sort of the fundamental um, thesis is you, as creative people, we hold ourselves accountable to be lifelong learners, to use that catchphrase but meaning what does that mean to be a lifelong learner well does that mean that we show up every day and go like oh i guess i gotta learn something today i bet what what's a new thing i can learn let me ask a stranger what's new you know or like how what does that look like to be a lifelong learner and like what what, what are the characteristics we spend a lot of time describing like what kind of principles we hold ourselves uh, accountable to and uh like so you know being attentive to teachable moments right like being and back then we used this language of the analytic eye, right? Like always have that open and always be ready to find, ready to ask why something is happening all the time. And, and like, you know, that's also a, a moment you can find with a student where they ask you a question that maybe you know the answer to, you know, a simple way to solve the problem they're trying to solve, but you stop yourself and you say, I don't know, what do you think? Let's think about what are you trying to do here? Right. Instead of just saying like, okay, I see what you're trying to do there. And this is what I think the solution is instead kneel down and say like, okay, well let's, let's stop and let's look at what you're trying to accomplish. And now let's look at a couple different ways we can get there. And you tell me what you think is the right solution here. Right. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's how I characterize it, which is like, there's like a patience and a, uh, a natural curiosity about like, well, why would you do that? Is it, is this just like some kind of affected way you hold yourself so that, young people or beginning people feel more empowered yes partially but there's other aspects too right because another thing that, I, that we talk about in that one is these teachable moments could be teachable moments for us <laughs> mm. yeah if you are filling the space with what you assume is your knowledge then you're sort of uh preventing this the uh, fluidity and discovery that can happen not just with 
uh, who you're working with, who, who maybe you're facilitating the learning process. That's awesome. Uh, that learning process, um, you know, there's always things to read and debate as far as pedagogy, but like, uh, I, I can certainly speak for myself in that having the chance to see and feel something firsthand. Um, it's, it's, I have a very different learning experience where if I can go through it in my time it, with my own uh, hands and, and, and feeling the problems and working through them, then if someone just says, well, there's, these are the steps. Here's steps, do steps. And mm -hmm. then, you know, knowledge complete. You know, it's, uh, it doesn't feel as, as readily available to me if that's my learning experience. So, so of course, I, I have a bias in that. And want to uh, and and same here. You know, it's like the thing that help others get there. That when when Ann and I were on um, the Rockets book tour, one of the questions we got a lot was, "Well, why make comics about science?" You know, we've got science books, and it's it's a natural question. Like, this is a new thing. This is a whole series about comics about science, and I understand why you would ask that question. But so I tried to find a way to like approach it in a way that felt like it was coming from my own personal biography and like carried some extra meaning. So as to be a little bit more interesting than, well, you know, comics can be about anything because they can. And that's obvious. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I, I, I wound up leaning on as an answer to that question was, is that like when I was a kid, I don't feel like adults were always or often very successful at explaining to me why it was important for me to know the things they were trying to teach me. Um, I was a very good student. I graduated a three seven five. Um, you know, it's not like super student, but I was good. You know, um, but the the whole time, most of my academic career growing up was I was bored. I was so bored. And I was so disinterested in everything that I was learning. There was a few standout teachers who really got connected with me, and I, and I asked myself when I was you know when I became a teacher, I'm like, well, what was it about those experiences that made those moments meaningful? And it's like, well, they they let me understand why. And they let me own my learning as well. Um, and so that's something that I, so like, and well, how do you get to why? How do you get to why it's important to know this? Well, you have to make it matter to them. And I can't just tell them that this is important. They have to learn that it's important. And the way you learn that things are important is by struggling with it and, and, and uh, accomplishing something. Going back to game theory and Jane McGonigal is that epic win face, right? Like that, that is so much more meaningful then if you hand the controller to the person next to you saying, can you beat this guy? Because I can't stand this anymore, right? <laughs> Although it's okay to, to get favors uh, and to sort of get a get a hired goon to get past the boss if you, you know, if you need. Oh, yeah. I, I, I say this as somebody who turned to Jonathan Griffiths, uh, a fellow cartoonist, and said, can you please beat Quadraxis in Metroid Prime 3? I, I, right. Metroid Prime 2, I can't stand it. I hate this guy so much that I can't beat him. <laughs> You know, but but it was satisfying, but not the same as when I beat you know Thardis for the first time on my own. Yeah, it's like looking up an answer at that point, right? So you've you've there's a you you went from instead of a learning process, you'd had this 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 a leap to an answer, mm -hmm. and there's it works differently for different folks. I was recently encountered um, uh, a paper that I only only skimmed, intending to read more, but. Um, but uh, Nikki Case recently was was doing some reflection on their career and how it's such a bias toward experiential based learning, and how setting people up with um, you know playful learning experiences like is like the best the best method ever. And it turns out it's like maybe there is a turns out that 
different audiences, different needs. That's not always the best situation. Experts or people who are gaining expertise are probably more at home in that situation. And I can see that being reasonable. So, mm-hmm. um, and what's funny is we, as much as we love a certain thing, like we've, we have talked about procedures now and then, like yeah. we will, we will share step-by-steps for getting through different problems. Like the, the recent mini comics episode is a, is a good example of that. Like you have some awesome, uh, laid out step-by-step strategies. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I do, I do both in my classrooms, right? Like, so the, the strategies that we shared in the mini comic episode where like I break down an eight page mini comic into, okay, this is where your introduction is. This is where your uh, conflict happens. This is where the twist happens this is where the climax happens. And it's like numbered by page, right? It's literally, well, not literally one could call it write by numbers, right? Instead of paint by numbers. Um, I use that in the classroom because I'm trying to eliminate a lot of ambiguity and get the kids working faster um and then but then when that one kid says like does the climax have to happen on this page i'm like i don't know what do you think what do you think where where, where would you put it you know uh so it's like it, it it's 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 procedure and structure with uh a lot of um exit hatches <laughs> But then there's because the, you do get I get those kids those students who are like no no this is the procedure and I have to do it this way I'm like cool if you are comfortable in that lane do it you know but if you're the kid who wants to break it you're safe to break it in here too um, yes so I have I have a bias but yes there are lots of different kinds of learning types and this is not I'm not trying to put a trophy up here and say like this is the the gold standard um, because that gets to the next point is that. One of the things we outlined in episode one was like a good teacher is a good student because they are attentive to the fact that none of us are done. None of us are baked. None of us are finished. And our learning isn't finished. It is incomplete. It is always incomplete. And so we humans are dynamic, changing, fluid creatures. And uh, I think a leaner celebrates that about us and about others and shows up to moments ready to learn something new from everybody around them and to share what they know, knowing that this isn't the, well, I'm done. I'm done learning. Here's my graduation cap. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, celebrating the fact that we're not fully formed because that means that this is always going to be interesting. Hmm. And well, it's the, it's the, it's a giant, uh, permission giving mindset also to say that it's okay to not know and there's a chance to discover and you can add that to yourself and it doesn't the process doesn't stop and why point that out because i don't know this this is we're we're excited about um well and happy to be curious to keep um it's it's a it's a way to it's like a, it's an attractive thing to to me overall like and I guess in a way this is like our mode of examining topics and sharing things is is one of my favorite things it's 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 not um, it's not as easy to sell as like yep we are the um, I don't know the the ex- I don't know like well like that, like too. an like, accident lawyer commercial. <laughs> Sure. We will get okay. you the knowledge you deserve. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. We're not, it's not just, yeah. 1-800 art knowledge. Uh, 
and we just airdrop a bucket of you know a bucket of um, helpful art things. Stupid helpy tips, as we used to call them. Stupid helpy tips. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, we even had a love hate relationship with the idea that we'd have a prescription. Well, it was so we the insulted second, our own prescriptions. Yeah, we did. We did, and that's something I want to talk about in the second half of the show when we talk about like the future of the show. Because yeah, I, that was another thing I noticed as I was diving through this material. I was like, ooh, our relationship has changed with a lot of this stuff over the years as we've gotten more comfortable with. Uh, I I feel like I was starting way on the soft end of the spe- uh, the spectrum of um, leadership. Right. I'm going to err on the side of forgiveness always instead of like prescription. Anyway, um, but yeah, you, you so you said the word happy curiosity. You also used the word happy gusto at the top. Interesting distinction we made in episode one that I, when I heard it again, I was like, of course, that that is a natural thing that I think we both do. Uh, both like it, it permeates the way we approach things. But it was interesting to hear it explicitly spelled out. Is the difference between joyful and happy? joyful curiosity in the sense that there's lots of ways to be joyful you could be intense joyful you know you could be like lieutenant wharf on the the enterprise like today is a good day to die kind of joyful like and then uh in the baron von bear pitch that i wrote that i shared on my patreon i was describing his character as cataloging brings him bottomless quiet joy right like joy can also be something that is something that is serene and alone and and soft and warm and protected and joy can also be you know very like exuberant and loud and boisterous and so on but whatever it is what your character uh, characterization of joy now put the word curiosity on there right and like so you could be joyfully curious and quietly leafing through books in the stacks at the university library right you can be you know joyfully conducting interviews on the street doing field research on product testing that you've done in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, where, where does this go right? Where does it go wrong? Is it what am I not seeing? What am I going to discover? It's, it's, yeah, and of course, that, that you need to be pretty subdued. You're, you're, you're not like, Mm, like, <laughs> like shaking with excitement in someone's face as they're like like holding some VR goggles or whatever. Like, yeah, no problem. Put on the goggles. What's gonna, what you gonna do? No, you have to whew, sit back and be like. I, I think I would be bad at that like, because yeah, I've literally had people take my hands and push them down. Like say like, okay, bring bring, bring the volume down like three notches. Like you, <laughs> you're you're, you're brand. We can. <laughs> I yeah, I'm sure you yeah. We all have different modes and different contexts and whatnot too. But it's <laughs> but it's neat to notice that and to see like there's a there's a common uh, there's a common thread saying that yep, joyful curiosity, curiosity, and you know we're here to celebrate that. And I think that means you can you can end up in lots of different situations. You can be very um, invested in continuing to dig into something that you've already dug into and mm-hmm. still be joyfully curious, or you might just wander into new situations and say like, whoops. I lo- I forgot my expertise over here, but this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and something you said in episode one was also that there's different kinds of curiosity too, right? Curiosity can be looking for patterns, right? What what are, what are the the patterns and connections I see between these these uh, uh, ostensibly disparate things? Uh, or it could be looking for implication. What is what is being suggested here? What is being promised here? What promises am I inferring through these things? Um, Curiosity, so joyful can have a lot of inflections and curiosity can have a lot of inflections. And I think we both like to celebrate all the inflections therein, as long as it's joyful and it's curious. 
Um, <laughs> so, I th- yeah, mm. I, th- I also, when I re-listened to that episode, I was like, whew, I'm glad this didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> because I, yeah. I have a dialogue with myself, and I noticed this, too, where... Um, tuning into, you know, they listen to people podcasts or talk about techniques and things like that and how there can be an ungenerous uh, way of looking at your past self and yet your prior learning stages. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like I'm working on that where, where i I try to be more generous, but I still sweat it where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh boy, going to visit past self. Oh, let's see what happened. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it turned out it's it's all right. It's we we started off on a I think a a a, a sincere in, intent and uh, a style that we we've continued and totally have grown and and, and evolved. But I don't I don't want to take us down too far of a jag, but I do want to underline what yeah. you just said because I think that there's something that feels very timely about that statement too. Is that a this is something that we both struggle with? I too, you know, I was like, oh boy, I'm listening to myself from eight years ago is going to be hard. Uh, I know that there are conversations I had before that on the art and story podcast that like, I don't stand by now. Um, and like you feel, you can feel like a little, like a, a pang of what might feel like shame when you experience that, which is ungenerous to yourself because it's to suggest that you should have always been as smart as you are now. No, you shouldn't be because that's what experience is supposed to provide you with. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and I also think there's this fetishization sometimes of I've always had this point of view, right? Like we're in the middle of a presidential, you know, primary situation right now in the United States, and there's certain candidates who are like, I've always been consistent on this issue. I'm like, okay, well, that's that that suggests a strength and a courage and con- of conviction. I get that. But on the other hand, it could also suggest rigidity. <laughs> so be careful with that word, you know? Uh so and I think, like, I think going to timeliness, I feel like everybody needs to practice this forgiving our past selves because we are dynamic creatures. And if if we haven't changed, at least in some way, throughout our lives, then time to ask yourself a question, you know? Time to, like, really check in and say, like, what am I doing here? Um, as I feel like it's it's natural and it's appropriate that we should evolve and change as we experience different things. Um, and and to that end, then yes, I, I think it's incumbent upon us. I think it's 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 almost like a, a moral imperative to forgive your past self if you if they are dumber than you are now. <laughs> oh sure, well yeah, and, and you're going to come up short. Past self comes up short somewhere, guaranteed. <laughs> Current self, future self. There there's going to be situations, and uh, being open to that and willing to try to learn from it. That's that's a mindset we celebrate. And I don't know. I don't think that's an overly, I feel like some of the things that we talk, we're corny. We're, are we, is this cor- corny? Am I corny? I don't care. <laughs> uh, Rob crack corn. He don't care. Right. <laughs> um, you are a dad too. So you have like a little bit extra permission there. I got sure. That's, that's true. I, yeah. So it, it's because some of it's like, that that's a little bit of the it's great to forgive your past self as you um because what's interesting too is i think you'll have a stronger go past forgive and full on fall in love with your past self yeah. in a way in a in an open hearted way because you're going to meet people that 
all different points on their journey and they're going to meet you on different points. You know, when you, you show up and you meet a skillful hero and, you know, it's not time to be now, well, okay, now be a jerk to your current self because pff, you're nowhere, you know, start comparing and feel inadequate to your skillful hero. Uh, no, it's the same kind of mindset in my opinion. Uh, I agree. I agree. And for those reasons, especially, yes, yes. Because like you are going to meet people who are where you were then. And man, that, that is, if that isn't a time for empathy, I don't know when, when it is. Right. Um, I had a student who, when they were 17, they did their first like two point perspective drawing and it was rough. It was rough because it was their first two point perspective drawing. Right. And then they, they came at me like years later and like, why did you congratulate me so much for that drawing? It was a terrible drawing. I'm like, it wasn't great, but it was great for you. It was great for you at that time. And that's worth celebrating. You know, that, that's the thing. <laughs> so we got, we have to do that for ourselves too. Right. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, oh, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad we explored that. Like, I think that that has been sort of a central sort of, uh, I wouldn't say that it's oft spoken, but I think that that informs uh, a lot of our thinking on these these explorations. So then we jumped to episode 100, and uh, suddenly the language of expression and service are being clearly delineated. Like we've, we've explored enough to know, like, okay, there's two modes that we like to operate under. We like to express ourselves, and we like to create things in the spirit of service, which is, those became big themes for us. Um and, and it's, it's yeah. I think others will identify to a greater or lesser extent with one of those categories, right? Yeah. Where a lot of our uh, friends, comrades in the the you know creative arts are, um, they can be more into the expression, and they're like just you know get get this out there. Or the others are into the entire mechanism that involves more design and problem solving, and and you know need mapping and evidence informed decisions and stuff like that and that's that's a different it's different um also both very useful and so that's that, that's where i like it when we can come up with ideas that are uh welcoming to the different perspectives for how how or modes that we can be in or um or preferences but still see the common ground and and it's a lot of our ideas tend to have like a yin and yang to them too, where they're intertwined and sort of inform and feed each other in a way. Because like you could easily also say like, okay, well, your level of service is going to be informed by the expression you bring to it, right? Because oh. to, to make yourself indispensable as somebody of service, you're gonna have to bring like an essential you-ness to that that you can't get anyplace else. That's what makes this thing precious and unique. And when you're making something that's an expression. You also want the expression to be transmitted. And in order to transmit your expression, you have to understand that some of the some of the, some ways in which the people are going to experience your expression. Otherwise, you've created such highfalutin art that nobody understands it until decades after you're dead, right? Which is that's a choice mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. It's like yeah, you can have some essential truth about the universe and and life from your perspective, and if it's not relatable, then okay. That will probably affect how you connect with an audience, uh, and that's that's always the that's that is a tension with uh, yeah. If you emphasize the expression, if I can make another observation, another thing I think that happens 
over doing 300 episodes of checking in and practicing this sort of approach on a weekly, almost weekly basis, is that I think it habituates joyfulness for me, where it's like, I just feel like as maybe it's a function of age too. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm, you know, in my mid forties now. And it's like so many things that felt so important to me when I was 28, 29, I, I realized like, ah, it was not that big a deal. Uh, I, I can go get the mail in my pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's uh so so is that sort of a like a tone that that's evolving that, yeah a tone that's evolving okay. I, I do have to think that like checking in on this thing on a regular basis made that more of a habit to be able to s- express ideas like we're expressing right now and do it in this kind of like a a, a light-hearted gentle kind of laughter about it like th- let's let's not take ourselves too seriously as we explore these things mm-hmm. let's think seriously but let's not take ourselves too seriously if that makes sense um, uh, it does. It does. I, you're just reminding me of, I mean, one of the things that this, like, I don't know, well, let's see what we, maybe this is a second half of the episode kind of thing. But, uh, when I have worked among a bunch of designers at a design firm, like my practice in participating in these conversations with you and to be able to, uh, map and describe rational, um, and rationale about things it's it's like a superpower it's like to be able to practice this much where it's it's almost it is a little bit like yeah i can describe why i'm thinking that at least how i can you know what from my perspective and and then what that does it creates artifacts that aren't that are less alien where it's like oh let's examine this based on our goals and criteria as opposed to um you know purple's cool (laughs) purple is cool too right like that's is But we can add to that. <laughs> yes, and let's roll it into a giant ball. <laughs> Super. Uh, so, like, yeah, episode one hundred. Um, let's see, we're evolving our, uh, refining our our language and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what what else happened? So, expressing so, and serving. We that was that was the time period where we were uh, working with curveballs which became the extra leans, right? So curveballs, if anybody hasn't gone back and listened to the deep, deep archives, um, we would start the episode with like, try to like challenge each other with a, 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 uh, I wouldn't say a difficult question, but with a question that had some complexity that, that invited complex thinking. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's sure we can invite complex thinking by just greeting each other. (laughs) But then these questions actually were things that we had a little bit of a stumpishness to it, where it's like, eh, I would like to figure out this thing a little better. And I want to hear someone's fresh um, strategies, like to, to, to give me a boost in this. And, and that's it's almost like how we would throw lob a curveball at each other, where I know a lot of times when I would come up with one of those questions, it had a... Um, uh, Sometimes it'd be something I witnessed just through social networks and stuff, but a lot of times it'd be, it was pretty much, yeah. I, and I'm asking for me. <laughs> yeah. Same here. So, yeah. I remember that. And yeah, and it was, I think it's interesting that that practice turned into a whole nother product that we create for the Patreon supporters called Extra Lean. Something we record just on, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's something that you can only find on our Patreon page. But like, I feel like since, especially after going back and listening to episode 100, um, the extra lean has gotten so much more higher order, um, higher order. I mean, that's not the right word. It's become, it's become such a reflex for us 
that like now we don't even show up with prompts anymore. Now it's like you, you, you suggest it. It's like we could show up and greet each other and they can turn into that kind of exercise of us wrangling with an idea. Um, and I feel like the curveballs was like sort of getting the initial clumsy practice of it into place. Uh, and it, it came from like, you know, I think our natural inclinations, biases and our stated values. But it's it made me look more fondly on our extra leans. It made me go like, okay, wow, those are like really unique now uh, little practice sessions that we do. And like it looks it looks absolutely informal now, right? Like there's no there's no structure to it at all, but like the structure is just like a natural reflex of kind of who we've become. It's yeah, and it's funny. It's in, in they're they're both it, there's so much common ground, honestly, between lean into art and extra lean, yet the there's a different flavor because we, in a way, are that I think that's what a lot of folks just call a podcast. Like, <laughs> you show up and hit record and talk, uh, but it's just that we, when we do that, we have our our tendencies that that get thrown in. Where I totally agree, like curveballs totally did morph into what extra lean became, and so that's yeah, I, I, I think that's a really neat observation. Um, because it, it created an outlet for it too, where it's like we can, it's almost like we, we get the best of a couple different worlds. Like we get to play this uh, learning and exploration game two ways, right? Yeah. In, in one way, we sort of, we, we set up more rules. The other way, throw the rules out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, the, I think the rules are now like in our bloodstream, right? Like we. we That's a good point. It's it, it, it's not the absence of rules anymore. It's more like the rules are just it, it's it's like laws of nature. You don't notice that the law of gravity or the theory of gravity is working when the, when a ball falls to the ground. It just falls. I feel like it's like that. That's what I was trying to describe when I was saying like when I listen to like us explore a curveball, it feels more structured. It feels more like we're aware of the laws that are acting that we're acting within. Whereas like externally, is like okay, now it's just part of us and we're just living in that world. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, I want to breeze through these last points fairly quickly because we're getting like yes. to the part where we should be taking a break. But um, mm -hmm. another observation from that time period was we are starting to talk about this word vulnerability, and we are really playing with it, and we were really like very nervously flirting with it. It was like, okay, I'm going to poke at you with this thing called vulnerability, but I don't know what's going to happen when I poke at you. <laughs> Sure. <sighs> well, because service, uh, showing up with the spirit of service in a way is, um, it's a kind of vulnerability, but it's almost like an armored vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to go to, uh, to areas of like, well, where do you really feel incomplete, stressed, sad, difficult, whatever. So if you're going to go anywhere in the realms of uh, logic and emotion, then whoa that i mean that can lead to different places that that could that i don't know like yeah 2014 me would be less comfortable with in mm -hmm. lean into art but more comfortable with an extra lean because yeah. it's almost like there's a um it's just our kind of agreement with this endeavor of of like well clearly it's about you know, there's a lot of service going on here yeah i i i had this much more of a siloed I had siloed versions of myself that I like would roll out in different situations and I, I think there's times when that's appropriate like for instance when I when I'm teaching young people 
there are aspects of my life and my personality that are off limits because it's inappropriate in that context, right? Um, but the aspect of me that is a teacher is like always present throughout all the different parts of my life, right? And like I, my relationship with the word vulnerability has changed a lot since then in that I thought I had to be more vigilant about observing where what role I was performing in all these different contexts. And now I'm thinking about the word vulnerability as being like being my true self in all those contexts, but just being aware of what is appropriate to share, what is inappropriate to share in those contexts. But the, what's the true self? Well, it's it's the you at your most relaxed. Going back to that conversation we had in the last extra lean, it's like when you're calm, when you're at peace, a Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. So this idea of like, well, you know, who am I when I'm my most relaxed self? I should, I should, uh, I should be that person as best I can. So like I'm that person when I'm with, when I'm bowling. I'm that person when I'm teaching. I'm that person when I'm podcasting. But there's different contexts that ask for different things from that. Um, and I don't need to be so like hyper aware of it because uh, I remember something Dan Michigan said to me ages ago where I was really worried about, uh, I forget what the context was. I was worried about some kind of public performance I was going to do and I was afraid that I was going to blow it by... Um, saying something that was ingenerous or unkind. And Dan said, but that's not who you are. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's not who you are. I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. There's like, there's certain parts of me that are fairly baked. And like, it doesn't seem like it's, it doesn't seem, um, the things that I'm afraid of sometimes of expressing aren't something that would come from naturally from me anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So... And I, yeah, and the, but I remember like, uh, I, I can totally, uh, I, I, I feel a lot of, in a lot of ways, pretty similar in that regard. And, and, uh, it, I, I, there is, there's definitely a lot more tentativeness with the concept of vulnerability at this point, uh, when in, in our history, but then now at the, at meeting at episode 100, but then, yeah, moving on to, you know, 200, 300, whatever. Yeah. There, there are, we are relation. It's, it's almost like a, a little more, uh, comfort with, uh, discomfort and, and knowing that like being our whole selves is going to include sometimes, um, like tough emotions, like the, some of, some of what we do in the spirit of service, it doesn't always have to have the veneer of, um, you know, uh, cheerful attentiveness. We mm. can, yeah, actually be saying like, this is difficult. And, and I, and I see this is why, and so acknowledging the whole picture, uh, yeah, the same skills come up and, and I, I, there is a little bit of a trust where it's like, well, I guess or if we're going to talk about things that we do feel, because I, I think the risk is like when you, you feel mad or sad about something and it's like, well, this is where trouble can be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, well, that's, that can be pretty, pretty useful to explore and understand as well. No kidding. Right. But yeah. that was our, there was, we just said, basically we, we sort of had a, this is kind of roped off in the <laughs> earlier eras of earlier era of the podcast. And then we were yeah. like, I don't know, <laughs> let's make this more permeable. There's a couple of gates in the rope. And then we're like, ah, there's no rope. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But what, how will that affect my brand? Oh, stop it. Stop talking about that. <laughs> We're done with that part. We're people. We are who we are. And that brand will, will whatever that is, will permeate through. Um, okay. Let's talk about episode 200 very briefly. Yes. Um, one of the things that happens at the top of episode 200 is like, 
yeah, we could take any topic at this point and find our own Leonard spin on it. It's like, say the word, yo-yos. Okay, we could probably talk about yo-yos in some way that like <laughs> feels like appropriate to us. Uh, at that point, we felt, I, I feel like we were finally easing into like a relaxed sense of, we know, I don't want to say we know what we're doing. We are comfortable with the ambiguity of exploring ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's like we've lived in this forest for how long, and it's yeah. not a, like a, out of a sense of arrogance. It's more, of, well, it's becoming um, skillful and peaceful at the same time in, in in exploring what we've been making a practice to explore, which I think that makes a lot of sense. If you keep at a thing, like think think about any kind of creative process after you've done it a few hundred times, then something would probably um, evolve. If you, if you had a little bit of reserveness or tension or anxiousness, fears or what have you going into it, just through exposure alone, you're going to have greater comfort, much less other evidence and outcomes that would, would you'd, you'd see. Um, so, for, for us, that's like conversations with the leaners and reactions to the episodes and conversations mm-hmm. together and and conversations um, with guests and thinking thinking about each conversation we have beforehand to say like what would be of most interest and maximal utility for the people who consume the stuff that we make so like managing all of those um concerns on a regular basis is going to mean you're going to level up this is something i tell to my my cartooning students is like should i go to school should i not go to school i'm like well you know, school is good. It has things that it can offer you in terms of structured and evaluated uh, guidance through leveling up your skills. However, I didn't go to art school, full disclosure, and I maintain that if you thoughtfully engage with a thing on a regular basis, you're going to get better at it. You're just going to get better at it if you thoughtfully engage with it on a regular basis. Like, you can't just draw anything just for the sake of drawing and expect to get better at it. You have to do it in a thoughtful way in order to do that level. I'm sure some leveling up happens through the practice itself, like the repetition and whatnot. But I, I remember knowing some artists growing up who they didn't really challenge themselves and their skills never really grew in any kind of appreciable way. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a classic thing of, of um, well, let's say having a, a writer or something in your family and, and, you know, you notice they, they will keep at that habit and they're sort of engaged in it, but not necessarily finding a way where, you know, getting it, uh, getting the feedback loops that you can have, that will help you um, become more skillful at it, right? Where mm-hmm. you're you're using that thing. What kind of problems are you are you solving with it? What are are how is that working? Is it making people laugh? Making people cry? Is it what like? You, you, hopefully, there's a feedback loop you're getting here, right? And 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 uh, prog- progressing through that. Mm-hmm. But it's quite possible to opt out of the feedback loop. Um, and so, speaking of feedback loop, uh, there's always something that we're we're trying to. Um, we're at least talking about improving about the mm-hmm. show, about like what we do and how we do it. The the formats evolved a little bit over the years. Um, the um, I mean that's that's like a that's a pretty big one. How you know refining the whole idea of the uh, the theory and the practice ten thousand feet up and on the ground and whatnot, but then swapping it where it's the practice then theory that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, curveballs, closing thoughts, little things come come and go. Um, but then. Uh, let's see. So we have been over the years uh, wanting to figure out like how do we interact 
in a constructive way with the leaners besides the show, right? And mm-hmm. getting reaction now and then. How to have like, um, you know, some conversations here and there. And it's funny, when we first started, I was of the mindset that social media has eliminated the need for forums, right? Like, why would we have a, a forum where I have to go log in with this special username and password to be part of this community over here? When I could be community, I could be part of pocket communities on a global scale through these social media platforms. Well, that presents other kinds of challenges too, because now everybody's talking, you know, and everybody's feeds look different. And it wasn't until very recently that like, I forget, was it you who suggested Discord, Rob? I can't remember. But the moment I investigated it, I was like, oh, this is just like, this is like old forums from like 15 years ago. And oh my gosh, does this feel refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it is, it, it's, it's nice to have around. What's funny, when we start, we had a forum when we started the show. You remember? Yeah, we, we did. What, yeah, this whole thing was more of an art center online with the podcast kind of thing. And we kicked off um, like our big launch event was 30 classes in 30 days, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which we never did again. It was so hard. Um, <laughs> and it was fun. Uh, and so many great, you know, stories and adventures throughout all that. And it was, um, I wouldn't, as a product, it had a, a decent level of success and stuff, but like, Holy moly, in an unsustainable way. Um, <laughs> but like through that, like, so we had forums and things um, mm-hmm. baked into the site. Um, but then, yeah, yeah so like they, they you, we didn't keep it up, right? It was all about that event. And mm-hmm. so that, that sort of decayed and then we shut, shut down the forum and whatnot too. And you've run forums before that were pretty successful, right? Oh, yeah. Web yeah. Comics, you've, yeah. Yeah. So, but and I agree, like social networks, like, hey, who needs the, the, you know, the good old fashioned thing anymore? We're just all hanging out online and can just bop in and bop out conversation with each other. No big deal. And it turns out like that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not as, um, uh, compartmentalized and well going back to that context yeah the siloed convert the siloed personas thing comes back into play where it's like well now I'm, I'm really speaking publicly all the time right like uh i made a private instagram which is like my, my rubric for whether or not i accept the follow request is have we watched tv together like if we watch tv together then we, then th- then i'll feel safe sharing my private instagram with you so like i'm not doing it to like exclude anybody to be like oh only the cool kids can be there it's just like i need some measurement to know that like if i'm going to share like more personal stuff about my life this i need some metric to know like who who fits into that circle um the the discord feels like it's similarly wired where it's like there's a context here we are all people who have engaged with this ethos and this activity of this podcast right so that's the rubric and so now if you interact with the show on a regular basis enough to see the the invite code in there now you can go to this place where it's like you're not really talking in public you're talking in public in a way but it it it's limited by the fact that you know people who don't engage with the stuff we make on a regular basis or have very, very little chance of seeing what you're doing there. Yeah. And we'll very cheerfully and gently um, boot people out who's, who are being wieners and <laughs> that's no problem. Uh, and it's, what's funny is like, it doesn't come up because I, I, I don't think we're impervious to this. I think we could have like a, a, a bad apple here and there as far mm-hmm. as sure someone's needs 
um, being such that they interact in a disharmonious way with the collective, right? That's quite mm-hmm. possible through a variety of circumstance. Um, but it hasn't happened. Not, right. you know, that's kind of funny. So anyway, it's, it's a nice place and it's, it's neat where for me kind of should have been obvious. Sometimes, sometimes things aren't obvious until it's fully, I, well, I guess I'm ex- an experiential learner after all. So then being there in the, in the discord forum and just chatting, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is way lower pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yes. Big social media is so. Very much so. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's what I felt like that, that sense of refreshment was very, very apparent because like I didn't have to worry about people walking by my comment and not understanding the context. Yeah. Um, Anyway, okay. So, and then like, the final thought was like, I feel like episode two hundred is where the whole concept of gentle bros begins to bubble up. Like, it's starting to it's starting to form into a mental picture of like what a gentle bro wouldn't wouldn't do. Um, and I remember you the coined that term. of gentle bro. Huh? What's that? The codification of gentle bro. <laughs> it's beginning there. It's starting in that around that time, uh, which is now like a full thing where it's like, no, I I actually feel like I I have christened other other people in my life, gentle bros, when they demonstrate that, that ability and that, that, that sort of uh, approach to life of being like, I'm going to fist bump and I'm going to hug you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's the, right. It's, it's our, it's a, it's a type of, um, type of joyful, uh, whatever. Um, You can throw in the masculinity because the bros or whatever it's, it's, what are you going to do? We have the language of our time and when we grew up. I don't think it's, you know, a problematic word. I hope it feels inclusive, but who knows? If you have issues with gentle bros, we'd love to workshop it, I guess. Show up on our Discord. We'll have a, a nice conversation about it. <laughs> That's true. We will. <laughs> but so, I, I, I feel like the, the, the phrase has a lot of utility and like it, it caught on pretty fast when you coined it. I think it was at A2CAF was the first time I heard you say it. And like all of a sudden everybody was using it. Uh, yeah, it's well, it's 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 a nice to have a nice to have a word. Yeah. Words are helpful. <laughs> yeah. So Yep, jump bros. So and, and so there's there's art there's things that that come of the practice where uh once in a while uh so far we we have been t-shirt resistant, right? But once in a while there's there are concepts that that come up that maybe uh, yeah. Maybe they'll survive our reluctance to make a shirt. <laughs> Maybe gentle bros is it. I don't know. But we've got a few of those. And that it pops up where we're we're just we're just celebrating the what we're learning along the way. It's it's uh yeah, that that kind of clarifying acknowledgement with a, a sense of like uh, hey, that's great. That that that's that's a byproduct of what we're doing. Hopefully, yeah. What's the next gentle bro? What's the next T-shirt? Yeah. I have no idea. Well, I think that's where we're going to go in the second half is start thinking about some of the, the future implications of where we've been going. So um, we'll do that in a couple of minutes. First, we have to thank some people who make the show possible. And those people are the folks who support us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash lean into art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in Rob and Jersey, what we make, you want to help make it more sustainable, 
You can go to patreon.com slash lean into art and uh, become a you know supporter for as little as a dollar a month. You can also you do, do a one-time donation. You just cancel at any time, you know. Uh, I do recommend that you stick around for the whole month, though, and enjoy all the you know behind-the-scenes stuff that we've been posting there. And I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular basis. First up, good to be curious. Thank you, good to be curious. We've been talking about you a lot today talking about curiosity you can find good to be curious on twitter at good to be curious and stephen black thank you stephen for believing in us and what we do you can find stephen black on twitter at black's sideshow and becca hilburn longtime supporter of the show thank you becca you can find becca on twitter at natto soup and then the mysterious k we don't know who you are but we appreciate your patronage we appreciate you helping to make the show sustainable and finally, Cameron Callahan. You can find Cameron on Twitter at Cam Callahan. You can join them all at patreon.com slash lean into art, where you'll find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans we were talking about earlier, play the, uh, episodes that are only available to folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash lean into art. Thank you to everybody who's been supporting us there. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. All right. Always a great signal to get. Very encouraging. But speaking of signals, time for some more uh, bridge music to get us to the second part of the show, where we're going to talk about what's what. Learners and leaners, aren't we all? That's the title of the episode. So what, what, what do you think about talking about next, Rob? Well, in, in this whole, um, okay, looking back, look, looking forward, um, what what are some of those those milestones like we in that overview or any episode in between the the big milestone episodes? It's like what what's something that that you that you feel particularly proud of? Like this is this we could do like a mini self interview here. Mm. Um, okay, and I could say let's throw the three combo questions out there. Is are is there anything that stands out that you feel particularly proud of? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that um, that you feel that sort of you've really moved or changed your perspective on. And is there anything that's standing out where it's like, yeah, there's a place to improve. What do we want to mm-hmm. do better? Different. You want me to go first? Sure. Uh, pride, pride. What do I feel proud of? Um, I would say that what we were talking about earlier with my relationship with the word vulnerable has changed. And I think I have a more uh, holistic and nuanced approach to that word. I wouldn't say again, going back to our very first thoughts as I don't think I'm finished with my exploration of what that word means to me and how, what vulnerability looks like in my life. Um, but I feel like it's it I have a more sophisticated relationship with the word with the word. So I guess that would that would fall under questions 1 and 2. What am I most proud of and what 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 uh new ideas or perspectives have changed? That would be a big idea. Um I feel I guess if I I feel really satisfied with the fact that um I'm okay with being I'm okay with with being amongst uh, awkward feelings. Um, I feel a lot more. I don't want to say at ease, but I I feel like um, being being in a place where 
I don't necessarily feel like I have a lot of mastery of the moment. Doesn't it, It's not as important to me anymore. I feel like I've got enough capability to figure out what, what what's going to happen when I'm amongst other uh, different groups of people. Um, and that my the 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 skills I've developed through doing the show on a regular basis has given me that strength to be able to feel like I can navigate the moment. Um, and even if I screw up, I'm going to screw up in a way where I will be able to make it clear to everybody that that was, you know, there was no malice intended. Does that make sense? I, I feel like I'm speaking very vaguely there. No, it it, it does make sense. It reminds me of um, God. There, there's the the as much as I love being service service minded and having an intent and, and, and being having some kind of goal, a combination of, of like, yeah, you're darn right. I got something to say. I've played guitar since I was a teenager. I want to, I want to uh, rock and yell. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I want to do it in a way that gets something done. That's useful. And that's uh, like when you're in a situation, like I remember being in situations um I don't know why, could be age, but I've been reflecting a lot on a certain little segment of my life when I was basically age 19 to like, you know, to what, 22, 23, right? That's so when I was transitioning from being a, a this, uh, so I was a janitor, I worked nights, I was, I was starting my, my business to, to make video games and we started doing some consulting on the side and I don't know when I slept, <laughs> but like, uh, I remember the, like I was doing things like just studying, how can I be a good leader? Cause, cause in my, in my day slash night job, I was, um, I was a manager and I was constantly teaching people and, um, hiring and, and encouraging people to go up through the ranks and all this kind of doing all sorts of interesting things that I think were very affecting to me and very foundational that I, that I just didn't really think about until recently again. And, but I remember when I, the feeling I had going into work in some, in some accounts that I had, um, there was a lot of, uh, conflict where it was extremely stressful, like to, to the extent where like sometimes the different, like, was I ready to help and be there for the needs of the different kinds of people I was working with, right? to like, we're getting locked in this place overnight together and we've got to make it look great or solve a bunch of problems, whatever. That's not that, you know, like it, that was a little stressful to me at the time also, but like also the, the relationship with different, um, different um, folks that were the client and, and uh, how much they wanted to, um, to have done or changed or whatever. And it's constantly negotiating to be like, well, if we do that, we'll go out of business. So would you like to extend or change the contract? And so there's all these kinds of things. And navigating that was super, like, so I'm trying to give you some context where it's like, I knew like every night was full of intense physical and mental effort met with this final gauntlet at the end of the day in the morning, right? When I would be wanting to go home and it was sort of like all kinds of conflict would happen right there as with um, essentially walking, you know, walking this, the place and seeing like how to turn out and being being requested also so i which is fine because it's like being of service and, and adopt being adaptive as a um, small business person i learned tons tons of stuff there but like that conflict i literally i would go into work so stressed and i would be seeking different like how can i think about uh how can i look at this differently i don't want to feel this way all this kind of stress and so i'd put on this armor of like cheerful 
damn it. I was cheerful, damn it. And yeah. unstoppably cheerful, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was my most extreme circumstance of, of like wearing that armor. But it was always this tool that I could reach to. Like once I, def- once I practiced that and I could feel like I could feel a ball of hate cranked to volume 11 and walk in and also somehow set it aside enough to be and still really care about the people I worked with and solving problems and doing a good job. Gosh, what a tiresome way to be. <laughs> but it was useful. But it was useful. And, it, mm-hmm. and so anyway, that kind of, I don't know if all that, that long walk to, to set the context is, is worth the price, but like, I, that's like my extreme touchstone as far as the, the service orientedness to say that so much of my experience, whatever I have to express doesn't matter. In fact, if I express anything, I'll probably shout so loud, it'll blow, knock a wall over. I don't know. Um, yeah. I have to hold it in. I have to. I can't <laughs> let it out. Yeah. It's, you're like Black you know? Bolt from the Eternals. I don't know if you're familiar with that Marvel character. Maybe that's where I stole that idea from. No, I actually, <laughs> it's been high on my list to read um, Black Bolt, but there are the, yeah. The Eternals. Yeah. yeah. Adventures. If it's like the... If he even whispers, it'll knock a mountain down, right? <laughs> okay. What I love comics. What an awesome. Okay. What a, what a beautiful sad metaphor. Um, it's, I mean, really, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's very tragic. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I you know big feelings and all that kind of stuff and then how do you manage it so you just be extra of service and put mm-hmm. on these you know where the habits where there's truth in there but there's also um like um distance and removal and purposefully not being vulnerable so mm-hmm. and that's like you know thinking just reflecting like an extreme example of of that and is um let's see so in in that wandering it's like yeah it i can i feel that in this practice um maybe i'm i'm just i've finally processed all that where it's like i can bring about caring a ton about something and also um just like mediating how i feel without feeling like i'm not being myself mm-hmm. or that's mediate good. how i react to how i feel without yeah because i don't yeah. know if i can mediate how i feel yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's a good distinction to make. Um, well, cool. I mean, that actually goes to like our second question here is like, or the fourth question is, how have we grown through this project and community? Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, and think about the community. Think about the people who interact with us. I mean, I'm I'm continually impressed by and. Um, uh, boosted by the fact that like the people who do interact with us in the discord are all reflecting that sort of that, that principle, those ideas of, or, or they're harmonizing with this idea of the, the joyful curiosity, the, um, the attentiveness to the dynamism of being a human being and being around other human beings. Um, you know, there's very little in I, I rarely see people who interact with us on a regular basis uh, express things in an aggrieved kind of way, right? 
there's an acknowledgement that like things are complicated and things are and things get really weird and it's not like going back to your 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 story of when you were you know working as the the, the manager of the, the, these janitors is like it's not like this whole like well I'm gonna grin and bear it you know like inside I'm dying but I'm smiling on the outside for the rest of the world it's it's I'm not saying that's what you were doing but I'm I'm saying like the, I never get the sense from them that that's the way that they're interacting with the world it, it, it's it's an acknowledgement of the complexity and the difficulty but in a way that is. Um, I would say it has like an element of that joyful curiosity. Um, yeah, that's it's um, like, well, honestly, it's, it's really neat to see others who have similar interests and styles of solve, pro- solving problems and describing mm-hmm. um, their process and sharing what they learn and all that. Like I see uh, folks who show up in our community who, who are just at just all sorts of different stages mm-hmm. and that's neat. Like, so it's not like we, 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 we do this and there's, um, there's only one type of like, uh, storyboard, like, it's not like, Oh, only storyboard artists who were, uh, work and or live in Canada who are five years into their career or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we have, we cover a broad range and we've, we've mentioned and talked about this many times in the past as far as, uh, what. Well, photographers, painters, obviously comics and sometimes visual storytellers and writers and um, yeah, a colorist, uh, lots mm-hmm. of different, um, different folks who all in, in, and that's where the thing is where it's like, if you, you do a podcast, a lot of times uh, there was some, someone gave the advice years ago where it's like, if you do a star Wars podcast, you should talk about not just how you love Star Wars, but talk about that one Jawa or something, right? Like that that specific <laughs> love. And I think we have a specific love for the thoughtfulness in the um, the applied learning and ongoing effort in what we make, and uh, it just happens to you know, like that's, that's, that's our Jawa. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think others have shown up with, um, it's, so it's neat. Like, like I, I, I feel great and, uh, honored and, uh, like, like we're doing something helpful because folks have, have shown up and, and they're of so many different, um, places and experiences. I think, I think that your metaphor actually is like really, really useful there is that we didn't invent the Jawa. We noticed the Jawa, and we said, this is what we noticed about that Jawa. Isn't he awesome? And then other people showed up and said, yeah, I agree. I've always thought that Jawa was great. Or, oh, wow, yeah, thanks for pointing that out about that Jawa. Um, it's 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 uh, aggregating around some principles and ideas uh, that, uh, that go into lots and lots of disciplines. And... That is a specific, that is a specific thing. So I've wrestled with that over, over the years. It's like, well, do we talk about, you know, the, the different manifestations of, of, I guess the being specific enough, is this a Jawa? But, but it's, it is the exploration that, Mm. um, that I think has the, that's the thing. And so I, Anyway, it's, 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 um, how about, how have I, how have I grown? I think it's in this practice and the community is a, is a kind of, um, the, the connections and feedback helps me see more about what we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can have my own ideas and my motivations for, for going about this. And so can, obviously you do too in Jersey, but like 
there's a way to triangulate and see and understand more based on, based on who shows up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't, I can't make that. Um, I can't imagine that it's, it's, it has to be experienced. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to, do we need to summarize? I don't know. What, what do you think about, uh, like not wrapping up, but yeah. sort of like encapsulating, like all these ideas we've been exploring to like answer that question of like, well, what characterizes a leaner as we see it, um, right now? What, well, how do we call ourselves leaners? Like if, if we're leaners, what, what, what are some of the characteristics that go into that? Um, mm. Well, I mean, for sure the, so, so by calling this out, we, I would say are opening a conversation. It's not meant to declarative, declaratively draw a line and say, you know, do this, don't do that. But it's, it's, it's to invite conversation and reaction. So if you like talk with us, you know, wherever you feel comfortable, email, all the, you know, the closing of the show, lots of options to, to react and talk with us. Um, but so in this list, is there something that you would emphasize? Is there something that you would take out or, or it's something that's missing? Mm. Love to hear from you. Yeah. We, we actually enjoy being alerted to blind spots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Even if it's uh, tough at first, <laughs> sometimes, um, yeah, because I mean, it's what's, if I'm past this, the, you know, if you're running along, like applying your, you know, you're building something and whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, uh Oh, I, I had a wrong assumption that it has a huge effect on so many things. Dang it. That's um, a drag, but yeah. yes, but so, okay. Stuff like joyful curiosity. Mm-hmm. You highlighted that quite a bit in the beginning. And uh, let's see the, uh, some kind of experimentation as well. Um, that that learning is and and making things is is. I mean that that's an endeavor that, um, like sometimes you're making a bet, you're making a bet on. Yep, this is the tool that will work for this project. Uh, this is the right pen. This is the right application. Sometimes maybe you're starting twenty four hour comic day and you're like, this is the day to learn Manga Studio. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so high risk or low risk and there's experimentation I imagine in how you go about what you do. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh well yeah and like and and then as part of that uh experimentation is testing ideas is um even not just testing tools, but playing with different approaches to doing things. I wonder if, um, whether it's like a, a, a premise for a story, like perhaps like two pizzas who might go on adventures together or, you know, um, a pig and a tortoise. Um, but this idea of like, like testing, testing out ideas, uh, testing out approaches, um, and always in the spirit of, um, uh, how would I characterize this? I was having an interesting discussion with somebody recently about the difference between, between mini comics and web comics. And I wasn't seeing the distinction that they were seeing. Cause I feel like, well, it's just, it's deli- different delivery, but I mean, like there are people who do very high production value, very slick polished web comics. And there's people who do it in like more of an experimental sort of uh, casual way. And mini comics would be the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the way I've always thought of my mini comics personally, and I would never prescribe this to anybody, but like my personal approach has been like it's the way to test out a hypothesis in as high a production value as I can manage in the, the constraints that I put on myself. 
um, which is different than doing a graphic novel. Um, so, you know, uh, but like that, that, that testing can be testing the ideas. It could be testing the approach. Like it could be testing the technologies. It could be testing, um, the constraints themselves, right? Look, I'm going to try to do a mini comic over the course of October for during the October challenge. Well, let's try to do a 24 page one, one year. Let's try to do an eight page one, one year. And let's set the, set the sliders in different areas to create friction in different places to see what I can pull off and accomplish. Um, but that sense of uh, of testing, I think, is is one of the characteristics. Um, well, hold on. Like, so what would one of the? So I think there was something implied here that that I don't know if is on the list here. But the um, to me, it's like there's a maybe the the goal idea is part of it. But there's a systemic approach that that acknowledges that this endeavor probably means um, there's a lot of pieces and parts to getting your art into the world and many possible problems to solve, having some idea of how you're going to, to go about that this time to help inform the next time and all that, where um, maybe you, you have your, I don't know, I mean, like for me, like just being being direct, I am totally working on marketing this year. Like this is a big deal for me this year where I feel confident about various aspects of my product development process but I don't feel as confident with my approach to marketing. Yet I know it's a hat that is is very necessary. It's like there's a there's only only part of the work is done when the art it becomes an it is has is in a shareable form, right? Whether it's a completed app, a workshop, a who knows, right? Uh, a mini comic or it, et cetera. That is part of the work, and now there's this. Um, yeah, that the the overall system of it, right? I could have been def- defining many other pieces and variables in the production process, but then also the the um, well, marketing and sales is part of the endeavor. And I mm-hmm. think embracing that more, uh, we've talked about the whole wearing lots of hats, the metaphor and whatnot, quite a bit over the years. I think there's an element to that, even when your main thing is to pr- uh, work within a team context for your art. Maybe you have a robust, uh, you know, a, a large enough business where you've, you've hired collaborators or you're working for someone else and what have you. Either way, there's a, a relating to the bigger picture, the bigger system that uh, is in like your art is bringing value into the world somehow. And it doesn't exist in this little tiny box or bubble. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the words that stand out there are goals and system system-minded multi-hats yeah and the way to explore those connections while you're doing your testing is the next part that we talk about a lot in the show is gently reflecting and evaluating our ideas our projects and ourselves you know um capturing some sense of what that experience was like and then holding that in our minds for a little bit and thinking about it um on hopefully unpacking it and and making it transmittable in, in forms of some kind of report on your experience, um, if, if, if only to yourself, so that you're not just, um, well, for, for me at any rate, I found it to be essential to, um, I couldn't have gotten to the Baron Von Baer pitch that I did at the end of last year had I not done years of experimentation with mini comics and feeling out what was connecting with people and what wasn't, right? Um, and, well, and yeah, the journaling, you're taking this implicit experience that maybe I, 
basically, I'm not awesome at getting wisdom from an implicit experience. I feel like an, I can only make portable Thank you. Yeah. tools and knowledge uh, by, by making it explicit and saying like, well, I know I have feelings and thoughts about the past or whatever, but now I've got these journal snapshots that sometimes have, you know, lots of data. Sometimes it's more feelings and story, but either way I can look back at this and just, you know, use, make sure I'm journaling so then I can reflect on it and help me with where I go next. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you're describing a, that uh, a, your product, your, your art and how you bring in, <clears throat> how you bring into the world and, and, and like what defines the different project, like your past projects can help the current ones be better suited for what you're trying to do. Yep. Yeah. And like at, at, at every level, right? Like both in terms of like, okay, well, the sto- when I do stories that head in this direction, it tends to get a more positive reaction from people more so than when I go in this direction. Okay. Well, Hey, I noticed that the art on this one, it got more of a reaction from people. Okay, well, can I figure out what is the difference between the art on this one and the art on that one, right? So, uh, mm. yeah, and then and then like, okay, what kind of constraints have I discovered in terms of how long it takes me to do this project versus that project? How can I streamline this or that to make it easier for me to do so therefore it's more sustainable and still achieve fairly good production values? So like the frictions that I encounter with myself in, in journaling for years, I've, I've got... Uh, emergent task planners going back to 2012 now so this would be my eighth year of capturing that information into notebooks um which is pretty good data to have um as it turns out (laughs) so that's what what a what a fantastic asset and i um yeah that's something i'm working on this year is, is trying to get better at having um useful dialogues with that many years of my own thoughts. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. I've, I'm, I've been, I've made some improvements this year in, in how I do that, but yeah, it's an ongoing thing. Um, so let's see, what else do we do? What, what else do we think helps uh, define a leaner? Uh, well, the, going back to the gentle bros idea of like this, this idea of like gently interacting with peers. And I don't mean like glad handling, but just if, if you are a person who acknowledges that humans are dynamic creatures, if you're, if you look back and you not only forgive, but love your past self and accept your past self for who they are. Uh, I think of that, that quote that Carol Tyler said in that workshop that I went to, uh, last year at the Billy Ireland when she said like, you know, it was about writing autobio comics and she said like, give yourself permission to be where you're at. Right. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is like, that's, that is such a useful, useful expression to me. Right. Um, and give your past self permission to be where you're at. Well, then we should be giving permission for other people to be where they're at and acknowledging that maybe we don't have the entire picture here when we're interacting with our peers and maybe if we're joyfully curious when we're engaging with them, we'll learn what's going on and what's informing who they are and the way that they're behaving right now. And does that mean we have to be their friend? No, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to be their friend. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we could also decide, nope, I'm hitting the eject button on this one because we have nothing to see eye to eye on in this particular moment. But, um, or, and, and I, I've, I've had these marvelous experiences where I've been around people in my field where I'm like, we will never share a meal, but 
I love you for being part of this community, right? <laughs> um, right. So I guess there, there you go. So even gentle um, disagree, d- d- disagreement, gentle coexistence, yeah. or what have yeah, you? Yeah, coexistence, acceptance, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But, but yeah. Because um, you can be on different paths and... Uh, mm-hmm. That's all right. And even when you're on a similar path, it's like there's only so much bandwidth. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, that'd be nice, but not going to stress too much about trying to spin up yet another project. Um, um, let's see here. What? Um, okay. What do you think as far as uh, I think that this is a common thing and not required, but I think even it's almost like with, with a, someone who's a leaner, they're already that kind of gentle and what have you. They're doing a little bit of reflection. And if they're doing, they're, they're sharing something about it, I think inherently you're pretty quickly getting into um, the teaching aspect where you're in a situation where you're doing some kind of instruction, facilitation, assistance of other people in their learning process. Mm-hmm. Somehow, whether it's really rigorous and formal or very informal because you happen to blog about what you're making or um, celebrate when you find a useful way to do something. And mm-hmm. there you go. You're, that's it. Now you're starting to sort of share the, the stuff that, you, um, that you've been learning. Yeah. I, I tried to find the quote because I remember talking about it on the podcast uh, by Sally Carson. Uh, Fixpert on Twitter, who uh, is a UI UX designer, works for Duo Security. Um, and they said, uh, oh, I went something like learn things, make things, and then teach people what you did. Something along that line. And totally paraphrasing, but I couldn't find mm-hmm. the exact quote. Um, but I think that that ethos is very much what we're describing here is this this idea of you're making things intentionally and you're engaging with your your endeavors in a thoughtful way, which means there's going to be leveling up. And then there's a desire to somehow transmit that experience to the world for whatever utility it serves, right? Um, whether it's doing a workshop or whether it's just doing a blog post, whether it's like, you know, the way you engage with people at a conference of your peers. Um, there's a little bit of that. It can that, manifest so yeah. many ways. Yeah. Like maybe you... Maybe you do want to um, give talks, facilitate workshops, make um, instructional mini comics, or mm-hmm. I mean, God, it can it can manifest in so many ways. And yeah. I, I think we we have a whole uh, back catalog of episodes that that uh, that encourage different kinds of of, of that sharing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, it doesn't have to like I wasn't sure how to describe that but it seems like there's, there's a yeah, that trade of sharing and it reminds me of the ethos of in some ways of open source of there's aspects of what you're making that uh let's see you're kind of collectively benefiting and building with the community together and you don't have to be open source and have open license on everything that, that you're doing, but there can be an openness to the process that we all benefit from because we, we learn from each other along the way. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that, that spirit is also an acknowledgement of the, of the complexity of that environment as well. Right. 
So, yeah. So there's there's a starter. That's a starter pack on characterizing a leaner. And we could take that conversation to the uh, the Discord and say, like, hey, what do you guys think? Like, what what other what other characteristics do you think uh, do you notice in people that you point to and say, like, okay, yeah, that person is definitely a leaner. Um, that'd be a good conversation. Right. While not making it like a reality show of voting people on or off leaner island. Right. Well, <laughs> a true leader wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's like, an, there's a sense that you have, right? It's like, yeah, that, and I, I could say like pretty, pretty confidently that I don't think anybody would say like, oh yeah, that person would be friends with Jersey and Rob. They're the kind of person who vote somebody off the aisle and say, you don't belong here. You, <laughs> the narcissism of minor differences is very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're not leaning enough. 45-page mini comics. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Your page counts off. Um, but no, it's 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 reasonable for you to even bring that up though, because we have been living in a time right now where that kind of uh testing has been happening a lot around us. Right. And so it's natural that you might think that, like, okay, well, remember, don't we, we don't do that, but um, so it's reasonable to bring that up, but at the same time, it's like, this gets, gets to like one of my topics for the future, uh, do when we get the final thought, like, what are we, what are we looking forward to doing next? And like, how, what are we thinking about bringing to the show as an, as like ideas and as products in the future? Um, and like that, I, like what we just did there, I think is one of the things I'm thinking a lot about for 2020 and what, however many years are beyond us. Um, exciting. Yeah. It our, sounds our, like you teased up our final thought. I think I, I did. I, yeah. Almost like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. I, that was completely an accident. I looked at the time and went, oh, yeah, I guess it is time for final thought. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Um. Okay. So how about we come back in about a minute or two? Um. I got to find you know the things we're going to talk about. We're going to thank some other people who make this show possible. And those people are us. We make the show possible. Uh, we make things, and then we bring the thoughts behind what we make to this podcast and make shows out of it. And the thing that I make that I hope you will check out is another podcast I do, but it's a very different one. It's called Four Million Years Later. And what is it? It's a weekly uh, watch. What, what do you call those shows? Like, uh, uh, There's like a name for this kind of podcast where you watch a TV show and then you just talk about it afterwards, right? Um, like a watch along? A watch along there. That's good, uh, and it's it's uh, Transformers Generation One. Me and a, an old friend are watching it in order and reflecting on each episode as well. So so it's a reflection. It's it's this style of reflection, at least what I bring to the table, but about something I didn't make. So it's me analyzing somebody else's art and making inferences and guesses and coming up with some very odd theories sometimes but uh episode six just dropped today which is one of my favorite episodes because it features a wonderful character named chip chase who you know we were talking earlier about how are we corny are we square yes we are and part of that reason is because i admire chip chase so much because he is such an in incredibly square human being with so much generosity and courage and kindness in his heart and he does not back away from it so you can hear me gush and gush about him uh it's at four million years later.com or look for it in any of your favorite podcatchers. All right, Rob, you make a thing. 
Okay. So I've got a couple of products for you. And one of them is a journal. One of them is a workshop. And it's all this, uh, it's all to serve the, the process of goal planning and doing some kind of useful reflection using different kinds of activi- activities, like some that we've used right on this show, of examining where you've been and where do you want to go next with your goals and not just necessarily throwing a, a wish list into the world, but having just, a, just enough structure, just a few different angles. And you could sort of embrace all the activities involved. There's like six different design activities. Um, seven if you get the the deluxe version, but um, there's uh, they're they're just they're design exercises, right? To help you with planning your goals. And one of them, so I mentioned that there is a workshop and a journal. The workshop comes with the journal, but uh, so if you're like, yeah, I would like to have a, like a guided experience, and then like tell me about these exercises and and help me with some more examples, tell some stories. Well. I co-facilitate this workshop with my 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 partner and collaborator Kate Shield Stenzinger, and um, that's the, because we've been doing this goal planning th- uh, process in different forms and been refining it for like almost twenty years now. And this is you know, and this is what we brought to you. So like a, in a in a nice, concise, um, clarified use the parts that work for you or use it all right so a form called the Where Next Journal which is the workbook and you're telling the story of like the future you. And that's a, that's a really powerful exercise. So uh, you can get that at Gumroad or you can get that at Skillshare. If you would like to get the workshop and uh, journal just, and you're already a member of Skillshare or want to sign up for two free months, just go to Skillshare.com, search for me, Rob Stenzinger, or you can go to, here's, couple of URLs. You can go to gum.co slash WNXTJ to get the journal. And there's a free version of it. It's it's like the pared down 10 page version that if you want, just go ahead and get that for free at gum.co slash WNXTJ. Or you can get the full fancy 30 page version one there as well. You can get the journal plus the workshop at Gumroad. Also, if you go to gum.co slash GSUDS, that's gum.co slash GSUDS. And help you with planning your goals. And we will link to these in the show notes, If you in both in the YouTube video and in the post at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart. And the last thing we hope you'll check out is the Lean Into Art Discord, which we were talking about earlier. It is a forum just for people who support us on, uh, or rather, people who interact with the Lean Into Art podcast. There's three public channels, and then there's three channels for people who... Um, support us on patreon what are channels it's like forum topics it's like uh little areas where there's like a specific intent of what to talk about there so whether it's like requesting future topics commenting on past episodes the challenges quests are you taking on a, a different quest right now or a, cha- a, a creative challenge um like for instance march is coming up and mini comics day is happening in mid-march are you going to participate you can share some of your work there some of your experience you know, sharing the, the journey that you went through and making a thing. But then there's also three channels that are like more, a little bit more specific in the, the Patreon only section, which you can see on the screen right now. So the invite link will be in the show notes for this episode. It's the Lean Into Art Patreon. And thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us there. It's been awesome talking with you. All right. Very nice. Final thought. Um, just if I could hit it briefly, it would be that mm-hmm. 
I feel like historically I have been so allergic to the idea of prescribing anything to anybody that I err way on the side of not doing it. Right. Like we, we have made fun of ourselves um, in that we disclaim everything. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, (laughs) yeah, not telling you how to live your life, but you know, um, I don't think we ever did that, but, but I, I, and I, and I do, I do have like a real problem with telling other people what to do. I, that's their choice. And I, and I, and I'll, I'll help them examine options, but I will never say like, no, you really, you need to do this unless it's, I mean, if it's, there's certain situations where I think it is appropriate. Um, but, but for the most part, as a general rule of thumb, I don't like to, but I also feel like sometimes that I run the risk of, uh, inadvertently infantilizing the people that I'm talking to, right? They're grownups. They can make their own choices. <laughs> they can look me in the eye and say, no, you know what, Jersey, you're, you're full of crap. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to this. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know? Um, so to that extent, and like, and as we were talking about, there's like useful ways to apply um, procedure and prescription. So one of the things that I would like to get better at in future years is um, err a little bit more on the side of assuming the best of the people listening to the thing that I'm interacting with or that I'm that I'm making or, or interacting with the thing that I'm making and um, you know assume that they're operating in good faith and that I don't have to defend against future argument hmm that's that's wild um. <laughs> no, for, for me it is <laughs> that's, that was me party. getting on a motorcycle party and revving it. <laughs> oh yeah, you came on stage fully, uh, yeah, <laughs> on a motorcycle. Um, so, yeah, okay, that's that's pretty great. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing sort of um, a lot of trust, a lot of vulnerability, openness, and that's that's pretty great. There's, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something I know I tend to do as well. And sometimes to the, to having like sort of unintentional consequences in our conversations with, uh, um, wanting to find a counterpoint for clarity that becomes like a meandering distraction, um, which is a type of disclaiming and, uh, yeah, because disclaiming can be funny. Disclaiming can be um, can be clarifying, but it also can just be a distraction. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want instead of what don't you want? And and like, it, I think I think that we both have made a lot of we've we've made a lot of audio of us declaring that we're creating space for more points of view and we are ready to listen to more points of view and we want to hear more points of view because that is what we do as people who make things that are uh, to communicate visually. We have to know how to do it. We have to know how to communicate ideas and in order to better communicate ideas, we need lots of points of view. We need lots of different opinions on this on this subject. We're ready to hear them. You can't lead every sentence with that. <laughs> well, you can, but you're slowing things down 
to the point of we're never moving forward or the, the, the forward momentum is very slow. And maybe, just maybe, we're at the point now where, I, where maybe I'm at the point now where I can say like, you know what, I'm demonstrating that all the time. I can trust that that's coming across. And if it's not, then thank you for alerting me to my blind spot. Hmm. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to try to, to go in that direction as well. I like that a lot. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I, I, I wasn't yeah. trying to tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. You're modeling good ideas and I like your good ideas that I'm choosing to opt into. <laughs> good idea pusher. So, um, like, okay, I'm trying to think just sort of taking a turn at it. Uh, what would be something I think, let's see next for lean into art as a project. I think I would, well, I want to help, um, grow and celebrate the community more. So in, there's definitely a, a, a plenty of folks that, that are, uh, that are connecting with us that are doing similar work. Mm-hmm. that I think it'd be worth um, celebrating somehow. Mm-hmm. Not sure exactly what form that what makes sense. Maybe it's just as complicated as retweeting more. I don't know. But um, maybe it's uh, maybe there's uh, some element of the show, what have you. Mm. I mean, there's always a chance to dabble and experiment with format. So I'm really curious about like what our next format dabbling would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an option. Yeah. No, that's certainly an option to consider. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, our I think from our initial, our very first episode was a video and audio episode. And I think that the idea there was to encourage participation, right? If we, if we do this thing where you can watch and listen, um, and I think we used Adobe Connect when we first started, which had like a chat feature in it. Mm-hmm. Um, technology's come a long way in eight years now. There's like, it's as easy as Twitch, right? Um, but okay, so we've 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 created the space for lots of uh, interaction. We get some, um, but how do we increase that? And like, does that re- require a format change? And who do we want to interact with more? Like you said, like p- the community means a lot of things. Um, so, hmm. yeah, that's yeah. These are really. Um, I'm not, I, I love the format of our show. I like, I like a lot how this is, this is our ongoing practice. And sometimes we invite some folks to, to come in with us. Mm-hmm. We're not primarily an interview show. I mean, it's right. primarily us. Yeah. And that's, uh, I still love to have guests, guests and whatnot, but, um, anyway, so I'm, yeah, I'm not thinking like a, uh, that was a great exploration of everything we've tried. Now let's chuck it out the window. Uh, <laughs> speaking of experiments, um, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, I don't know. Um, but somewhere in there, uh, the, not sure what that would be, but, um, well, that's another thing where we can ask for feedback from the leaners in the discord. And this would be a good chance for like, if you have, if you haven't interacted in the, the discord yet and you have a, a thought on, you know, it'd be cool now's a chance to chime in and say like in the topic requests area is like, you know, it'd be cool is if you tried this. Um, have you ever thought about that? How would the yeah. show change if you tried this? Right. I, that's, that's the way I like to tee up questions is like, how would things mm-hmm. change if you looked at it this way? How would things change if you added this or took away that? Approachable, 
inviting questions are one of my favorite things. And it's this thing that like, I love noticing when people are good at that. Cause I, I, I just, I feed on it and I'm like, <laughs> whatever you just did, I'm going to think about a lot and yeah. try to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It invites the, it's about like you, like, like a, like an inviting question that connects now you've you've passed on the thinking process of how do you go about this problem solving thing with with both intention and creativity and make something happen and that's kind of what you were talking about earlier in the show about mm-hmm. um you know connect, connecting with learners at at different points and like that i don't know like if there was like a magical um powerful question corner i don't know maybe there's (laughs) maybe that's another piece (laughs) a new segment yeah i mean one of the things that i think is really cool that that tyler james was doing with the comics launch podcast was he had that like actionable thing at the end of each episode where he even described Mm -hmm. it as this is the part of the show where it stops being you sit back and listen and now you lean forward and you do um you know what would be the lean into art version of that that's a good point too so like yeah an active practice thing i do find that a pretty inspiring idea that Mm -hmm. uh, that tyler james has put out there Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean having a a train of those one of them we used to have the quests and that was a form of it it was a form of it but it quickly turned into something that was so much effort Um, it yes it had it had problems being a contained exercise it became like a uh, it, it was it was weird because it's like the it's like being tricked into um tricking yourself into just a, a workout that devastates you for <laughs> for days and days yeah you're like hey that yeah. sounds great actually come to think of it it was like going to a trampoline park with my kids <laughs> <laughs> i, I had that, that experience recently i could see that yeah like holy That's deceptively fun deceptively fun jumping on those trampolines for for like whatever an hour and a half oh had effects for days and days <laughs> so i was like oh my shoes are so far away <laughs> trampolines <laughs> anyway they seem yeah. so innocent and so yeah the quests were like that too we're just um anyway so yeah let's learn from the quests there's yeah. Yeah, there's possibility there in somewhere in that space of some kind of practice, but not one that leaves you hurting for days. Minimum viable practice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, did we do a podcast? Look, we, we did. Oh, a- I think we did a podcast too. Got lots of other ambitions too, whatever. But um, I'd be, you know, always curious to hear what people think. Uh, I think after creating. 300 of these episodes somewhere in there we've got we've got topics we could turn into other products here and there and mm-hmm. we need to hear from folks what would be a handy lean into art doodad mm-hmm. compressed version of it right is there like snippets that would be neato helpful? what is the essence of gelfling that you would extract from what we do and turn into like a thing for you what's that from that's dark crystal 
Dark Crystal. Ah, yes, I've never yeah. The Skeksis put the put them in front of the crystal, and it sucks out their essence and turns into this liquid that, when the Skeksis drink it, they turn young again. And it's in the new show too. They 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 play with this idea oh, of right. like draining the essence of Gelfling. But <laughs> well, now I'm really curious what that would be. <laughs> If you could turn Robert Jersey into two mindless slaves with glazed over eyes and suck their essence and put it in a bottle, what would that be? But in trade had something really nice, I guess. <laughs> Could be a, you know what? That's a fine experiment to yes and. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, okay. Well, thank you to everybody who has been along for this ride. Uh, Three hundred—that's that's a pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty cool number to hit. It 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 is another little piece of evidence that you know of our commitments to things, which is something that that I think it's it's okay and even um, encouraged to ask for a high five on that. So high five, Rob. High you five, should. Jersey. Thanks for doing this and happy anniversary. It's. <laughs> Uh, I think we we could have, we could have gone on longer as far as all the effects and the things and that we've noticed along the way. And the thing is, we will so because yeah. we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. We do this thing every Thursday at noon Eastern time, eleven a.m. Central. We stream it live at Twitch.tv/slash Lean Into Art, and then we collect it as a podcast at Patreon.com/slash Lean Into Art and LeanIntoArt.com. And we'll be back next week. Until then. I have been Jersey Drozd of LeanIntoArt.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of LeanIntoArt.com and I'm Rob Stenzinger on Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at LeanIntoArt.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user LeanIntoArt and you can reach us via email at LeanIntoArt.com at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.